So, as I begin to talk about baptism today, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, about death, about burial. Uh, Friday, when I was at Fort Logan for Harold's graveside, um, it was a a military funeral, and so it was really beautiful. I, I honestly, they're, they're just they capture my heart in a way that that no other type of funeral does. I mean. Uh, Harold was in the Navy, and so the, there were there were sailors there in their dress whites, and um, just the honor of the moment, the way that they honored Harold, but also the 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 institution of our military was honored just in in the fact that there was just a reverence there, not just for Harold, but the fact that he was in the military, that he was in. The Navy. And then, of course, when they play taps, it's just, it's powerful. It's moving. And when we talk about baptism today, we, we, we are talking about death, burial, and resurrection. When we talk about water baptism, we're not talking about ritual. We're not talking about tradition. We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about something that's symbolic. And we're not talking about cleansing. Christian water baptism is none of those things. It's not meant to be just a mere uh, symbolic gesture. We are to identify with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Water baptism is not a cleansing See, the blood of Jesus already did that. When we believed in Jesus Christ, when we heard the gospel proclaimed, and we believed in Jesus Christ, and we repented from our sin, and we placed our trust in Him, the blood of Jesus washed away our sins. Water doesn't wash away our sins. That was part of John's baptism. It was a a baptism of repentance. But long before we ever hit the water, we should have already repented as a follower of Jesus Christ. Baptism, it's also not just a suggestion, a recommendation. Jesus went so far as to say it was to fulfill all righteousness. He insisted that this be done to fulfill all righteousness. I feel like we have little understanding of of water baptism and And so today I'm just hoping to kind of make some things clear. So when we are baptized in water, when we are baptized, and, and let's just make it clear, even in that, yes, we are baptized in water, but we're baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we're baptized in. We are baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we are immersed, we are immersed in water, which is what baptizo means, immersed and like if I walked, if I went to Niagara Falls and the water's come in this way and I walked into Niagara Falls, which I'm pretty sure would kill you, um, you know, that's one way of getting immersed. And then going under the water completely, that's another way of getting immersed. But when we are immersed, we absolutely identify with Jesus Christ. We identify with his death and burial. I wish... 
I wish I was a bit more... And I'm ornery. I am ornery. I wish I was a bit more ornery. Yes. I, I would love to just see how long my I, I was capable of keeping someone underwater when I baptized them. Like, just like, could I do it for 10 seconds? Could I just... I mean, I mean, honestly, I think it'd be powerful. I think it'd be like, okay, he's holding me underwater. Okay, it's two seconds. Okay, what's... Did he forget about me? Did they, did they close out in church? Are they still worshiping the Lord? It's meant to be a powerful thing. I believe in the midst of baptism that, that, that demons are supposed to flee. That the Holy Spirit is supposed to descend and empower. Even though there is baptism, the Holy Spirit is a separate baptism. I, I believe mighty things are supposed to happen. We're not just supposed to go down dry and come up wet. Let's read Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by John the Baptist. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. You guys, it's impossible to overemphasize the importance that the New Testament attaches to baptism in water. And we look at the endorsement of God in this scene. We look at the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit all having an active part in this water baptism. The Holy, the, Jesus, the Son, was baptized. The Holy Spirit descended and remained. And the Father spoke, addressing love, affection, identity, pleasure, favor. It's important that we realize that baptism in water isn't, isn't a baptism of repentance because Jesus had no need to repent. John's baptism was one of repentance. Jesus had nothing to repent of. He was sinless. He lived a sinless life. But yet for you and I, before we can be baptized, repentance is a requirement. What are the requirements of water baptism? That we heard the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ. Gospel is, is the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's the gospel. That we heard the gospel and we, and we believed and we repented of our sins and we've made a commitment to give Him our life. And then we're baptized. In verse 15, Jesus said, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting to, for us to fulfill all righteousness. For us to fulfill all righteousness. He didn't say it is fitting for me to fulfill all righteousness. He said it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. You guys, we are the us. When he, when he said us, he wasn't referencing the Father, and he wasn't re referencing the Holy Spirit, and he wasn't saying us as in the Trinity. He was saying us to fulfill all righteousness. 
This is a major part of our salvation. What's a major part of our salvation? Identifying. Identifying with Christ. Identifying with Christ. When we become a believer, we identify with Jesus Christ. We bear His name. Christian. We're little Christs. We're followers of Jesus. Our identity becomes in Him. I'm no longer identified by the strengths and weaknesses what I bring to the table. I'm identified with Christ. And in water baptism, we are identified with Christ. You know, I, I, ref, I referenced Harold's service on Friday. And it was. It's, it's just... You know, I, I was I was on alert. I'm you know, my, my dad was in the Navy, so I, I I really I love I love the military, I love our Navy. And you know, I the guy who kind of was the coordinator, I, I said, You tell me when to move and I'll move. You tell me when to go up and I'll go up, and you tell me where to stand, and that's where I'll stand. Because I was very attentive to the fact that I want to be honoring. Honoring of Harold, yes, but also honoring of this this moment. I think as Christians, sometimes we don't, we're, we're not totally aware of, of our need to be honoring of the moment in Christ Jesus, to be honoring of the fact that he died. We, we oftentimes use it just as a short part of a narrative instead of saying, Jesus died for me. And he always knew that was the plan. And he willingly laid his life down. Talk about surrendering control. And sometimes we often, sometimes the, the verbiage we use can be vague. And so let me break it down. Jesus died. He breathed his last breath and he was dead. They tested it. He was dead. There was no life in him. There was no breath in him. He was dead. And the reality of his death gripped everyone who was there. People who thought this wasn't going to happen, even though he kept telling them this was going to happen. Followers, family. And he was buried. That's reality. He willingly laid down his life. And I want to make something clear. He didn't raise himself from the dead. The Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. See, it's much more powerful when we realize it was the Holy Spirit who raised him from the dead. Because see, if Jesus raised himself from the dead, then, then really, where was the risk? He was utterly dependent upon God. And the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead on the third day. Paul makes an amazing point in Romans 5.1. He says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting that, that Paul uses this phrase, Lord Jesus Christ, because when we baptize in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, the, the, name, the name of the Father, as we see it throughout Scripture, he says, and my name is the Lord. The Father is the Lord. Jesus, the Son, His name is Jesus. That one we know. That one's pretty clear. The Holy Spirit. Jesus was never referred to as the Christ until after He was baptized. 
and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. So when you see that phrase, Lord Jesus Christ, you're talking about the Godhead. You're talking about the Trinity. It's a, it's a powerful phrase. Paul says that through our faith in Jesus, we have been justified. And justified is a mighty term. It's a mighty term. You know, it, it, I, I'll use the definition all the time just to make it easy to understand, you know, just as I am. That justified, you know, think of just as I am. That I come to the Lord and just as I am, I'm saved. I don't have to clean myself up. I don't have to say a bunch of prayers. I don't have to run laps. Just as I am. But justified is a powerful word that has a bunch of different meanings. It means acquitted. Declared not guilty. Reckoned righteous. Made righteous. That's what justified means. And it says that we are justified by faith and that we have peace through God, with God, through Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Through our faith in Him, we've been declared not guilty. Young people, listen to me. Through your faith in Christ Jesus, you have been declared not guilty. Yeah, but th- that, can't, that can't mean me, because I, I know what I just did an hour ago. No, no, no. Through your faith in Christ Jesus... You've been declared not guilty by the work of Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lamb. But first, before you can you can receive that that acquittal, there has to be faith in Jesus. We place our faith in Jesus and we walk our lives according to that faith. That's why we should be baptized, not because we've repented of our sins, which we have, but to complete all righteousness to complete all righteousness and water baptism is the the way the appropriate way to complete that so let me say this water baptism is a commitment it is and see you guys you got to grab a hold of this because because i shouldn't be the only one baptizing folks and, and we shouldn't just... Be, by the way, I need a few men after service to get the big old horse trough we have up there and to lower it down so that we can fill it up with water this week. So if I can be, get a few hands in the service, that'd be awesome. I shouldn't be the only one baptizing folks in the horse trough that a few men are going to grab after service and put down here. When someone has placed their trust in Jesus Christ and they've believed in Him and they've confessed Him and they've said, I understand. I will follow Him. We should be baptizing people in pools, in bathtubs, in ditches, in lakes. It's really great to have David and Vicky back with us from Malawi, from Africa. They're going to share in a couple weeks um, everything that happened. Did you guys baptize any folks when you guys were down there? Over 200 people baptized. That is awesome. That is awesome. Where'd you baptize them? Do you have like, I, I saw pictures of, okay, that's awesome. Horse trough with steps. We don't have steps. We got the horse trough. Ah, oh, praise God. Romans 6, 3 through 11 says this. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? 
we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. One who has died has been set free from sin. When we go into that water, it shows that we have died and been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with Him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death He died, He died to sin once and for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. But the life He lives, He lives to God. But the life He lives... He lives to God. But the life we live, we live to God. But the life you live, you live to God. But the life we live, we live to God. See, baptism is a commitment. It's a commitment that I'm not just going to just do a, a, an arbitrary act, a symbolic gesture. But the life I live, when I come out of that water in resurrection power, the life I live, I live to God. It's a commitment to, to change. It's a commitment to walk with Him. It's a commitment to be pliable and teachable and to repent and to confess and to constantly be growing so that our lives might bear the fruit of Jesus Christ. So that you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Man, that's it right there. That's Christian baptism right there. That's water baptism right there. When we are baptized, you guys hear me. When we are baptized, it signifies the end of our life. Death. That's what death means, right? It means the end of our life on our terms. The end of our life with us in control. The end of our lives with us being the boss. That's what it means. End of our life. And then we, but we don't stay in that water, right? And I've never kept anyone there for longer than like two seconds. I get too nervous. But we don't stay in that water. We don't stay in the ground. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. There's resurrection. There's power. There's life. And we now walk according to that life. There I was at Fort Logan aware of being honoring to Harold, to our military, to our government, to the moment. Friends, when we go back to living our old life after we have been saved and baptized, it is a dishonor to Jesus Christ. It's a dishonor. Because We've acknowledged that we were sinners. We were, we, were, we were destined to death. And we believed. And we were baptized. It's a commitment to say, I'm going to live my life for you. Now, young people hear me. And I, I, I point out the young people because the, the devil is such a liar. 
And I think he's relentless in how he attacks our young people. So hear me. This doesn't mean perfection is what is expected of you. You're going to blow it. You're going to blow it in the next 90 minutes. I mean, that might be an exaggeration, but you, you hear what I'm saying. That's why there's a commitment to repent, to confess our sins, to go to Jesus, to receive His grace, and to keep on walking. Romans 1.4, just to back up the statement I had made earlier about the, about the Holy Spirit. Romans 1.4 says this, And He was shown to be the Son of God when He was raised from the dead by the power of who? Of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. When we come out of that watery tomb, it is to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you guys hear me? When we come out of that watery tomb, it's to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have got to take this thing called water baptism seriously. You guys, we should all be chomping at the bit to baptize somebody just for the sheer curiosity of what might happen when they come out of that water. Just what might you do, Lord? I'm, I'm totally serious. I'm, I'm always like something, something phenomenal. I mean, could, could take place right now in this moment, like visibly phenomenal. Because that's, because the Holy Spirit is mighty. You guys realize that two different courts, one Jewish, one Roman, sentenced Jesus to death as a criminal. Two courts sentenced Jesus to death as a criminal. But on the third day, when the tomb opened and he was raised from the dead, God reversed those decisions. The Father reversed those decisions and said he is justified. He is not a criminal. He is not guilty. He is my son and he is alive. And that's the life that we are supposed to associate with in this act of baptism. Isn't that incredible? Not guilty. We went into that place guilty. We went into the ground guilty. We went into the water guilty. We come out justified. Not guilty. Acquitted. Innocent. The Father said, this is my Son and He is altogether righteous. I am bringing Him back to life because He is going to be the author of life and godliness to all who will believe in Him. And water baptism is the enactment of that. A fresh enactment every time it takes place, every time of death, burial, and resurrection in Christ Jesus. You see, water, water baptism is a type of death sentence. It is. It's a type of death sentence because once we are baptized, our life no longer belongs to ourselves. Man, I'm really trying to drive this home if, in case you can't tell. I'm really trying to make this abundantly clear because this isn't supposed to be some flippant thing we do out of religious obligation. We're never baptized into a church. We're baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ. This is never meant to be about membership. This is about, about to be trust in Jesus and life in Him. This is, this is about life and death. 
I want to be associated with the life of Jesus Christ. When you are resurrected, your life no longer belongs to you. It belongs to the Lord. And baptism is your commitment to discipleship. So let me ask you this. Christians, baptized Christians, where's your level of commitment? And this isn't like, a, like a, I'm not saying this like, like, like condescendingly. I'm just gauge, take, take a gauge, you know, measure. Where's your commitment to discipleship? Where's your, where's your commitment to grow in Christ? Well, if my pastor would, no, 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 I didn't say nothing about your pastor. Well, if my church would, I didn't say nothing about your church. Well, if there were more classes, I said nothing about a class or a program. I'm talking about you and the one you gave your life to, the one that you died to self for and were resurrected to life out of that water. Where's your commitment to discipleship, to grow in the Lord? We all should ask that. I ask myself that. Where's, where's my commitment? What level am I at to grow? To continue to be discipled? Am I teachable? Am I teachable? I better be teachable. You better be teachable. Because we got to keep growing. Am I bearing enough fruit? Are you bearing enough fruit? Are you bearing enough love? enough joy, enough peace, kindness? Am I bearing enough self-control? I mean, I could go through all nine of the fruit of the Spirit and say, yeah, I'm, no, 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 no. I don't have any, no, no, no. We'll do more no's. I'm going to... So, as we're baptizing people next week, you guys, this isn't just about the, the two or the three or the four or the five people that are being baptized. This is a reminder to us of the life we have in Jesus Christ. This should be a reminder to us of our commitment to die to self. You got to hear the gospel. You got to believe. You got to repent. And you've got to have a good conscience to the Lord that you're walking in his life. That, that's, that's what's required for baptism. Because of those requirements, that's why we believe infants aren't baptized. Infants aren't baptized because they can't make that decision. They can't make any of those decisions. They can't do any of those things. Now, they can be dedicated. We, we do dedicate babies. You see that that's scriptural. But that's not, that's not baptism. Matthew 28:19 and 20 says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I need you guys to see. I want Scripture to do the heavy lifting today, and I just want to provide the commentary. This is what the Lord says." We baptize them, we teach them to observe and to, to obey the commandments. So there's two quick illustrations of baptism in the Old Testament that are just super powerful. I'm going to fly by them pretty quickly. One, we see reference to it in the New Testament, but in 1 Peter 3, 18-21, it says, 
For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saved you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The message of Noah's ark, first and foremost, is that judgment was coming. And there was one escape from judgment, and that was in the ark. The flood represents God's judgment. The ark is a picture of Jesus Christ. Right? Judgment was coming, and that ark represented, it was a picture of Jesus Christ, and all who came into that ark were saved. In the ark, you can pass safely through the waters of judgment. Outside of the ark, we will be drowned. There is no other way of escape but to be in the ark, Jesus Christ. In the ark, you pass through water safely. We don't stay in that place of burial. We come out into a totally new life. The old life washed away. A new life opened up to us. That is the picture of Noah's ark. And the second picture is found, once again, in a New Testament retelling of the Old Testament picture in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 2. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 6. Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Paul is, is telling us that every Israelite in the Exodus went through two experiences of deliverance, two experiences of God's power. They were baptized in the cloud and then they were baptized in the water. We place our trust in Jesus Christ. We believe in Him. And then we go through the water in baptism. And they came out on the other side. You realize that, that, that the children, the, the, the Israelites who came through, they weren't the only ones that passed through the water. Which, what a remarkable sight that would have been, huh? Just the walls of water as the Red Sea was just parted. They weren't the only ones who went in. They were the ones who came out, but they weren't the only ones who went in. You know, if, if a non-believer gets baptized, and we'll just go ahead and call him a sinner, you know, just if a sinner gets baptized and, and a dry sinner goes into the water, guess what comes out? A wet sinner. A wet sinner, not a not a if a dry sinner goes down, a wet sinner comes out. 
because it's not in the waters that that, that we trust our lives in Jesus Christ. So we've got to be baptized in that cloud first. We've got to be in the presence of God. We've got to have given our lives to Him. And then to complete all righteousness, then we go into the water and we come out resurrected. Again, Matthew 3.15, Let it be so, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. I love it. I love it that Jesus is like, look, I'm going to set the example. I'm going to do this, but all of you have to follow. I'm doing this so that all of you will follow. If our worship team could could come up or or Brian or I, I want to land. We we talk about that that one of my responsibilities is to equip the saints for the Christian life, for the work of ministry. This is a powerful message we get to proclaim. Too often these days, baptism is associated with religion, not Jesus. It's not associated with life and it's not associated with power and it should be. Hebrews 11.29 says this, By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, they were drowned. You guys, we can't fake this. We can't fake this. There's got to be something genuine about our faith in God. I, I say it all the time. I... I tend to do a call to salvation every week. Hey, if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ, and I try and do that every single week. But I don't ever want to talk someone into this, and you shouldn't either. For any reason. Because if we can talk someone into it, then someone else will talk them out of it. But we present the gospel. We present the good news of Jesus. We know that the Lord is drawing them. We know that the Holy Spirit is wooing them. I'm super excited for next week. And right now, as far as I know, there's two people. But I'm, I'm hoping that number grows. But if if we're baptizing two people, praise God, we're baptizing two people. And we'll hand them the mic and we'll get to give them the opportunity to declare who Jesus Christ is to them. Connor will grab a hold of that mic and he'll talk about who Jesus is. Candace will grab a hold of that mic and she will talk about who Jesus is to her. And then we as a church will celebrate it, but not as much as they will. Because in that moment, they'll realize I was dead. And in Christ Jesus, now I'm alive. Mark 16, 16 says this, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will not be condemned. I'm sorry, will be condemned. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. So I want to throw this out there. If anyone here today, maybe you were, you were, you were baptized as a, maybe as a part of religious tradition or ritual or it was for church membership or it was something but as I'm sitting here talking about baptism, you're like, well, I didn't have that. What you're talking about? I didn't do that. 
If you, if you want, I don't believe that you have to be rebaptized, but if you want to be, you're like, no, this, I, I need it. I need my life to reflect that conviction of what you just shared. And I want to be rebaptized again. Then, then you can. I, I, like I said, I don't think it's necessary, but sometimes it's powerful. Sometimes it's good. And I myself have been baptized, I think, three times. Not that it was necessary the other times, but for me, it, it meant something more. The, the last time was when I was a young man and I made the decision to quit playing games with God. And that, that I'm like, no, I, I have not lived my life for you. I, you were a part of my life. You were a precious little part of my life. But you certainly weren't my whole. And so that was the last time I was baptized, and I'm good. So if you want to be baptized, let me know. But here, here's what I'm hoping more than anything. I'm hoping that we will see reports of you guys leading people to Jesus saying you can know him right now. You can know, here's what the Bible says and just walking them through it and then saying, hey, the river's a little cold right now. What do you say? Let's go baptize you. Anytime we come into this place, it should be bigger than just being about us. It should be bigger than just being about me. It should be, Lord, what, how do you want to use me? Lord, what do you want to do? Lord, how do you want my life to touch others? Lord, how do you want my difficulties to be used to point others to you? We should always be setting our sights on Jesus.